Panther fans who want to keep pounding. For the ones who want an inside look at the vault. This 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 is views from Midstream. Now here's your host Lonzo Wrightsell and Rob Brown. The Views from Mint Street podcast is in your ear holes. Rob Brown and the great one Lonzo Reitzel with you. If you have not done it yet, do us a favor. Do us a Christmas gift, would you? Share it around amongst your friends on the social media. Pop it up onto your Twitter channels. Pop it up onto your Facebook. If you've got a single Carolina Panther fan, do us a favor and share our pod with them so that we can continue to grow the show. Let's get into a couple of the numbers and the stats that came out of this game. Let's look overall at the team stats. And I am going to point at the one, Lonzo, that stood out to me the most. And that was third down efficiency on both sides of the football. The Pittsburgh Steelers faced a third down in that game 16 times. They converted 12 of them. Three out of every four times that the Steelers faced a third down, they continued the drive. On the flip side, the Carolina Panthers faced third down 11 times in that game. We converted four of them. So less than half the times we faced third down did we convert. And to kind of extrapolate that a little bit further, the Panthers have converted less than half of their third down attempts in 20 Two consecutive games. That is the longest active streak in the NFL, and it is the second longest streak in franchise history. To find that, you have to go back to 2001 and 02, where they failed to convert half or more of their third down drives 26 times in a row. So if we finish out this season, we would be one shy of the franchise record. If we do it to open up next year, it would tie the franchise record. Not being able to get off the field when your defense is out there facing a third down, not being able to stay on the field when your offense is facing third down has once again risen up like the Hydra to bite us square in the rear end. There's other numbers that stand out to me, Zoe, but if you can't get off the field on third down defensively or stay on the field on third down offensively, you're going to lose more than you win. I think it also, I mean, I think you got to look at it. Are the Panthers capable of being better? Yes, they are. We saw it last week. You saw how they were able to play when they when they are able to execute their game plan. When they're not, then they struggle. And you got to throw some of it towards how many quarterbacks have the have the Panthers had in the last couple of years? A lot. There have been quite not like Cleveland Brown levels, but still quite a few quarterbacks. Um, you got Cam Newton. You got Heineke. You got I mean, there, there's a couple guys I don't even remember their names. Uh, but they were there and they played a, a game or two. It's it's hard to be efficient when you're not consistent with your personnel, and it starts with the quarterback. If you if you got to keep getting a different quarterback every two to three games, you're going to struggle with getting uh, chemistry with everybody out there. I think that definitely hurts. One way to fix that in the future is find a guy and stick with that guy. Uh, at least for now, as far as we know, they're sticking with Sam, but uh, press conferences haven't happened yet this week. 
Who knows? Maybe they go back to PJ. I don't know. All I know is they need to find a quarterback, a consistent quarterback, have the confidence enough to stick with them, and then third down efficiency will go up. We're going to talk more about that as we roll on, but let's take a look at some more of the stats out of this game. Overall first downs, the Steelers had 22 of them. The Panthers had 12. Check this out. Rushing first downs in this game? Zero. Not a rush for a first down in this game. Ten of them came through the air. Two of them came thanks to a Pittsburgh Steeler penalty. We mentioned four of 11 on third down. So not even a third and one and nope. no, or nothing like nothing. that. Zero first downs running the football through the air. 188 yards for the Panthers, 169 for the Steelers. 14 of 23 went the Cats, 17 of 22 went the Steelers. The Panthers averaged seven yards per completion in this one. And for the record, before we go too down, uh, too far down the path, let's point out that Sam Darnold had a pretty good day for a game-managing quarterback. 14 of 23, 225, a touch and an interception. And that touchdown pass that he threw to DJ uh, in the early portions of this game, that was kind of a hummer right out over the pylon where only DJ could get it, was one of the better throws of Sam Darnold's career. It was a throw that I actively tweeted about because it shocked me so much. I was like, damn, that was a good throw from Sam Darnold. Yeah, I was like, why did he throw? Oh, yeah. Oh, look at that. Yeah, I, I said the same thing. That was a no, 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 yes throw out of Sam Darnold. It's like when Steph puts up a three from the corner, you're like, why would you shoot? Oh, because he can make it. That's right. Uh, it showed you that he can make those throws. But as we mentioned, it's also a situation where you don't want him to have to, right? Like I would prefer a game where I don't have to rely on Sam Darnold to make that throw. The run game was absolutely dead in this one. 21 rushing attempts by the Panthers. Keep in mind that that does include the times that Sam Darnold had to tuck and run. Reality, it was closer to like 15 rushing attempts in this one. 16 credited rushing attempts, yards per rush in the game, one for three. One, excuse me, 1.3. 1.3 yards per rush. Chuba Hubbard had four carries for 10 yards. Deontay Foreman had 10 carries for nine yards. Darnold had two positive runs for a total of two yards. That is a grand total of 21 rushing yards, an average of 1.3 rushing yards in the longest rush of the game for the Panthers was a five-yard Deontay Foreman carry, which made up more than half of the yards on his 10 carries total. Uh, Listen, let's break that down for a minute. The Steelers knew what they wanted to do, which is take the one away from the Panthers and make Sam Darnold beat them with his arm. They stacked the box. There were frequently spots where they were putting eight in the box. I think on a couple of plays, literally put nine in the box lined up with a couple of guys one-on-one on the outside and said, here's the deal. One of these guys is going to drop back to play a high safety. We're going to bring eight at you, and we expect you to try to do something. And not only did the Panthers not respond to that, though, but the part of the offense that we were the most confident in, which is the offensive line's pass-blocking ability, right? When the schemes start getting complicated, the Panthers' OL fell apart. When it wasn't a clear 4-3 or 3-4, when it wasn't clear that you could walk up to the line and go, you got that guy, you got that guy, you got that guy, I got this guy, let's block him out. When it was more, 
hey, there's eight guys in our face. Who got who? We did not know how to respond to that, and the offensive line got blew up. The worst part about that fact, though, is that we lost this football game. The also worst part of this is the fact that Detroit, Tampa, and New Orleans have all got the blueprint now. Don't put an organized 4-3, an organized 3-4. Throw some wacky lineups, put everybody on the line of scrimmage, let the linebackers drop off and the linemen go, or blitzes, or whatever you're going to do. If that defense, or excuse me, that offensive line can't figure it out when you're getting exotic lists, to figure out what your role is, what your assignment is, and block them, we might not win another football game, and I'm not joking. Yeah, you're right. The uh, The next three games, those guys all have the blueprint. But the, the, the question is, and this still goes back to coaching, if, if Wilkes is the guy and he has some guys there that he's going to keep if he becomes the head coach, can he adjust before the next game? Can he get those guys ready saying, hey, if they come out and they do this, here's what we're going to do. We can't have a game like that again. We can't let them stop us the way they did. Is it possible? Absolutely it's possible for them to look at film and figure a way around the problem. They couldn't do it in-game. It doesn't mean they can't do it after. I would prefer they would have done it in-game. It's called you know in-game adjustments. The really good coaches do that. Detroit is the biggest problem. Uh, Tampa Bay's defense, not that good. New Orleans' defense, not that good. If you figure out a way to beat Detroit, good shot. Tampa Bay loses, you're in first place. It still can happen. But you've got to figure out. This is You've got to sit down. You've got to, you've got to come up with a plan. That defense is not going to play that bad again. I just, I just don't think so. Here's the problem. If the defense played better, this would be a different game. And I know the offense got shut down running game-wise, but they put up enough points to win the game if the defense played better. I will start with this about the defense. I, I Everybody has talked about, and correctly so, but everybody has talked about the fact that Mike Tomlin schemed the offense or schemed the defense to hustle up the offense, to, to force Sam Darnold to be a passing quarterback. Everybody talks about what Tomlin did defensively to stifle the offense of the Panthers. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Mike Tomlin did the same thing for the Steelers' offense against the Panthers' defense, right? He looked out there, and he knew that across from, uh, across from J.C. Horn were a couple of guys because of injuries and whatnot, a couple of guys that are not top-tier talent, right? I mean, we've talked about how J.C. Horn has been, over the past eight, nine weeks, the best statistical quarterback, uh, cornerback in the NFL, right? Statistically speaking, he has surrendered a lower passer rating success rate to quarterbacks than any other cornerback in the entire National Football League. What is the best way to stop a cornerback from defending your passes, throw it somewhere else, right? So what do the Steelers do in this game? Listen, we have talked all about what we expect out of Carolina's offense, which is what? 40, 42, 45 runs in this game. You know how many times the Pittsburgh Steelers ran the ball in this game? 45 times. They threw it 22. They ran it 45, which is almost the exact numbers that I have said in the past that I want to see out of the Panthers offense. 
40 to 45 runs, 17 to 22 passes, top end per game. And by the way, the majority of those passes ought to be on play actions, on rollouts after the fake, on boots, et cetera, et cetera. All plays designed to simulate the run before catching you off guard with the pass. The Steelers did exactly what we should be doing. They ran the ball 45 times. They let Najee Harris eat. They brought in Jalen Warren to give him a spell like we should be doing with Deontay and Chuba Hubbard. The Steelers, I hate this expression because more often than not, people apply it in situations where it's not accurate. But the Steelers, quite literally, Lonzo, beat us at our own game. They did exactly what we want to do. They ran the hell out of the ball at us. They only asked Miss Mitchell Trubisky to throw in limited and choreographed spots, and they flipped the time of possession on our head. The games we have won, we have controlled the ball for 35-plus minutes and limited them to 24-minus. In this game, Pittsburgh held the ball 36 minutes and 11 seconds. We held it 23 minutes and 49 seconds. So, And, and you know, the sad part about that is that's exactly what the Panthers did to Seattle. It's exactly what they did. It's almost a mirror uh, all the way around of what the Panthers did to Seattle. And uh, is it ironic that the Steelers turned around and did the same thing to the Panthers? You would think, oh, we just did this to this team last week. We should know how to stop it if someone tries to do it to us. But they did not. Mike Tomlin schemed up the scheme that Steve Wilkes should have had, right? And, and, and here's what, what kind of bothers me the most. This game could have been flipped on its head in the second half. The second half where we put up nine in the fourth quarter. You know how? Literally doing exactly what the Steelers were doing, right? Exactly. The only thing that the Steelers did that we could not have done and honestly, maybe even with the right adjustments, we could have. The Steelers brought in an extra defensive tackle in this game who goes about 325 just to eat up blocks in the middle, right? Let the other guys around him feed by eating up those blocks in the middle. One of those stats that doesn't make it into the newspaper, but is hugely impactful in the game. What we could have slash should have done would be the exact same thing the Steelers did. Stack the box. Tell your ends, tell Burns and whoever else, go eat, right? Ask Brown to eat up blocks in the middle to let the linebackers scrape off the top either direction and stop the run. When the Steelers started doing to us what we should have done to them, instead of leaning further into what we are supposed to do, instead of further leaning into our identity, we decided to not do that anymore. We dropped off the line. We started trying to play faster than you football and the Steelers just kept punching us in the teeth and we had no response for it. The problem is what went wrong could have easily been fixed in the second half.